Hello, fellow kids, and welcome to another bonus episode of Hello, Fellow Kids, the show where the bonus episodes are the exact same thing as the regular episodes, we just don't release it on the first. (laughs) 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 So, to coincide with the new film on Netflix, we tackled P.S. I Still Love You by Jenny Han, which is the sequel to To All the Boys I've Loved Before. If you hadn't listened to our episode about that at the start of the month, go check that out, otherwise you're going to be pretty confused. So, first impressions? I found this one more stressful. It wasn't as fun as the first one, so it didn't get as high of a rating for me as the first one. But it wasn't like, oh my god, this is such a slog, I hate this. I felt like it was written in the same, like, like charming voice. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Laura Jean's never going to disappoint me, unless she does something completely crazy in the third book. But, right. boy, Peter Kavinsky... I'm shaking my head in disapproval right now. <laughs> I, uh... SMH. <laughs> I gave this book about the same rating as the first one. I felt like the core romance stuff I was less down with, but I really enjoyed one of the subplots that we're going to get into later. Um, I thought that that part was really fun, and I would have liked to have seen a whole book about that. So, just like the last one, there's a little pre-page one thing. That has a little letter that she writes. And it's the letter that she was writing to Peter at the very end of the... Yeah, the first one, yeah. Yeah. And basically all it does is summarize the first book, which... Do you want me to read it? Because it's like in a girl voice to Peter. Sure. Okay. Because I'm definitely the guy that's going to represent Peter, you know. <laughs> nice and masculine. I, I thought, I thought <laughs> John Ambrose McLaren was more Josh-like. Because <laughs> I'm like... I close to the Josh's we're gonna get in this story because the first Josh is disappointing. Okay, so here's the letter that kicks off the story. Dear Peter, I miss you. It's only been five days, but I miss you like it's been five years. Maybe because I don't know if this is just it, if you and I will ever talk again. I mean, I'm sure we'll say hi in chem class or in the hallways, but will it ever be like it was? That's what makes me sad. I felt like I could say anything to you. I think you felt the same way. I hope you did. So I'm just going to say anything to you right now while I'm still feeling brave. What happened between us in the hot tub scared me. I know it was just a day in the life of Peter for you, but for me it meant a lot more and that's what scared me. Not just what people were saying about it and me, but that it happened at all. How easy it was. How much I liked it. I got scared and I took it out on you and for that I'm truly sorry. And at the recital party, I'm sorry I didn't defend you to Josh. I should have. I know I owed you that much. I owed you that much and more. I still can't believe you came in that you brought those fruitcake cookies. You look cute in your sweater, by the way. I'm not saying that to butter you up. I mean it. Sometimes I like you so much I can't stand it. It fills up inside me all the way to the brim and I feel like I could overflow. I like you so much I don't know what to do with it. My heart beats so fast when I know I'm going to see you again. And then when you look at me the way you do, I feel like the luckiest girl in the world. Those things Josh said about you, they weren't true. You haven't brought me down. Just the opposite. You brought me out. You gave me my first love story, Peter. Please just don't let it be over yet. Love, Laura Jean. So if you're ready to puke in your mouth, maybe don't listen to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter one. It's New Year's Day and the Covey family is going to visit extended family on their mom's side, which is why the girls are dressed in traditional Korean handbox. I mean, that's how I was saying it in my head. So, I mean... I don't know Korean pronunciation as well as mm. I know Japanese. And oh, I don't know Japanese pronunciation. Either. I only I only know it from taking karate. Karate. And the fact that all of the vowels 
like always make the same sound. Yeah, so it's, yeah. God, it's so much nicer, so much more consistent than English. So when people say manga, they're dumb and wrong. It's manga because the ah. Yeah, the nice. a is always going to ah. do the ah. Just think of the child covered in peanut butter. <laughs> ah. <laughs> is that manga? Ah. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways. After holiday traditions with their aunts, uncles, and grandma, the song girls go upstairs to hang out with their cousin, Haven. Haven is showing them her Instagram and finds a picture of Laura Jean and Peter. She's impressed since Laura doesn't seem like the dating type. And Laura Jean explains that she and Peter are on a break. On the way out, Margot notices Laura Jean has a letter to Peter with her. She tells Laura Jean to go talk to Peter tonight. And Laura Jean agrees, but also tells Margot to talk to Josh before she returns to Scotland. So nothing is left hanging. Okay, so when they wear their traditional clothing, they're they're getting ready to go, and Kitty's like, I don't want to wear this. And they're just like, well, everyone's going to be wearing them, you have to wear them. And they show up, and of course no one else is wearing them, and it's just them, and Kitty's just visibly fuming. Kitty is me, and I am Kitty. (laughs) (laughs) So many times, I'm just like, you have to do this, because everybody's going to be doing it. I'm like, nah, and I show up, and no one else is, and I'm like, who the... But, But Kitty was, like, held back from, like, completely outbursting. I would not. I'd have outbursted. <laughs> we were talking before starting the recording, and Mara corrected me that in the Penderwick's approximation here, Kitty's actually the uh, she's the, so sky. the sky, and she's definitely in this book, especially. You see, as she becomes more of her own person, she be like even more so that that strong-willed sort of personality. And this reminded me of the uh, when they're dressing up, and they're like, "You need to be a." a like a perfect lady or something. And she's like, I will not, I will be a perfect gentleman. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely kidding. <laughs> Chapter two. Laura Jean gets dropped off at Peter's house. When she goes to talk to him, he seems standoffish and she just apologizes and goes to leave instead of giving him the letter. He notices it in her pocket, takes it and reads it. When he asks why she wasn't going to give it to him, she explains that he didn't seem interested. And he's like, it's called playing hard to get. And they get all snugly again. <laughs> Laura Jean is invited inside for cider. Peter's mom is glad to see her, but also warns her not to hurt her son. Peter drives Laura Jean home, and they have a good old makeout session in the car. The um, mom being all like, be careful with his heart and kind of, yeah. and stuff, and then like, Laura Jean seems to take that as a personal rebuke. Yeah. I don't think it was intended as such. I think the mom is, is warning her, not because of anything Laura Jean's done, but just she saw what he went through with Jen for, like, years. Right. That manipulative little cow. <laughs> Even when we find out what her deal is. Yeah. I have stuff to say about that. But, uh, I mean, what, being a mom and watching that happen. Yeah. And, like, you know the psychology of girls very well because you were a girl. Yeah. You just be all like, you are being so awful to my kid. He's not going to listen to his mom going, like, that girl's bad news because that just makes them dig their heels in and stay longer. It's like, yeah. don't question my decision. Yeah, I mean, that's a common thing for everybody. Like, if yeah. you're if you're told that you're wrong, but you're not told it in a way that's like, that tries to be like understanding and educational about it, if someone's just like, you're wrong, everyone's instinct is to double down on being wrong or what, what whatever. We need, then... What we need is Kendra Sorensen to step in and, right? tell, <laughs> and tell Peter why this is kind of, because she was able to talk her friend into not walking home right. alone with that boy right. without being a judgmental, like, bandersnatch about it. Right. She was, like, very, like, kind yeah. with her and yeah we need kendra yeah where's kendra let's do this yeah actually the Kendra's kind of Margot, but not really because i like kendra better than Margot. <laughs> they mentioned that uh peter's neighbors still have their holiday lights up today's probably the last day for that seeing as how it's the new year and i'm like he must live in a nice neighborhood because 
I have neighbors that still have their Christmas lights up, and it's February. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I have a few too, but I do live in a nice neighborhood. So, before we get any further, I just want to point out how this book kind of just starts. Like, it's almost like this isn't a trilogy so much as it's it kind of Lord of the Rings. It's 1,000-page book that they're like, that doesn't sell well. Can you break that up into a trilogy? Because it... There are a couple of elements that definitely, like, start and get resolved within this book. But as a whole, it's very much just you pick it up and it's just the next chapter of the yeah. previous book. Well, it's like, even the, like, the film adaptation, they covered, like, the first bit of this to co- conclude the yeah. first, the... Did you have, have you seen it yet? No, but you did show me that ending scene. Yeah. Where... Which was basic, yeah, her showing up with the note, and he's like, what's that? She's like, oh, this, this is not the note you're looking for, and tries to leave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I drove here. Great. Okay, bye. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, because when, uh, when I got to the end of this book, not saying anything particular about what happens in it, I had the same feeling as kind of when I ended the first one, which is like, if I didn't know that there was another book after this, I'd be really disappointed, because it doesn't feel like... None of these really feel like true book conclusions. They just feel like break and then just go start the next chapters. I felt like this was a be- like more of an ending. ending. Yeah. Like it could have ended here and we'd be okay. Yeah. But I know what you mean though. Yeah. I know what you mean. I getcha. Chapter three. When Lara Jean gets home, Kitty informs her that Margot is crying in her room. The talk with Josh didn't go well. Lara Jean goes to talk with her and Margot says things are really and truly over between her and Josh because he believes long distance is too hard. Margot says that if Lara Jean has feelings for Josh, she wouldn't stand in the way. But Lara Jean scoffs at that and tells her uh, all about Peter instead. She then asks Margot about sex, and it's nice and awkward. <laughs> Margot mourns the loss of not just Josh the boyfriend, but Josh the best friend. She tells Lara Jean to have fun with Peter, but also to guard her heart, because nothing lasts forever. Chapter 4. Lara Jean's going to the movies. Chapter 5. Peter and Lara Jean arrive at the movies, and who should show up but Genevieve? She pretends not to notice them, but Peter gets a text from her anyways that Lara Jean pretends not to notice. After the movie, Lara Jean and Peter go out to dinner, and Lara Jean comments that although she likes where they're at, she feels like they built the relationship sort of upside down. (laughs) Peter jokingly suggests they drop a new contract, but Lara Jean actually thinks it's a good idea, so they do. (laughs) Okay, Peter will not be more than five minutes late. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. I hate late people. Mm -hmm. Well, I hate when people are late. Right. Oh, shit. I meant to say this at the top of the um, episode, but we didn't get into it. But last episode, I was talking about the group of little boys that like me, that like liked me. Like, like. That like, liked and like said stuff. And I said one of them might have been possible, but I said he was a weird religion where they don't celebrate holidays. Okay, I really apologize for that wording. And if anybody's like Seventh-day Adventist or, um, or Jehovah's Witness and like hated that I said that, I really apologize i didn't i was saying it like from the perspective of a 10 year old looking at it because because uh, i was just in the moment yeah. like saying which, which boy would have made the yeah. most sense to me and he was the most attractive one of that bunch so yeah. that would have been the most like i'd want but like that would have put me off because i yeah i mean that's i just like... didn't really yeah so uh, I, I i wasn't putting a value judgment as an adult looking at it and i didn't i don't think i made a good enough distinction when i said that so it seemed like it was like my current opinion so i apologize for my poor wording and for um just being a dick basically so yeah so i'm sorry yeah so okay peter will not be more than five minutes late uh laura jean will not make peter do crafts (laughs) i love that one crafts (laughs) i don't know if anyone heard me over your shrieking i'm sorry no i just love that one so much because my girlfriend is super into like 
crafty things. I am not at all, and I appreciate the fact that she's okay doing that, and that I can just sit nearby and hang out with her, and that I am not, like, forced to... Well, what what would you even be need to do anyway? Would you, like, have, like, the yarn wrapped around your hands the way they do to... Well, she doesn't just do that. She likes doing, like, um... Like, she turned egg cartons into little, like, hangy flower decorations for the okay. kitchen and stuff like that. She just loves doing that stuff, and I don't. Okay, Peter doesn't have to call Laura Jean before he goes to bed at night, but he can he can if he feels like it. He's very hung up on this call thing. <laughs> uh, okay, um, Laura Jean will only go to parties if she feels like it. Peter will give Laura Jean rides whenever she wants, and Laura Jean and Peter will always tell each other the truth. And then as a uh, final... Then they come up with Laura Jean and Peter will not break each other's hearts. You cannot make that promise. Yeah, that's like, right as they do that, it's like, well, guess what's going to happen later? (laughs) Well, that'll go well. (laughs) After the movie, Peter makes kind of a snide comment about how she kept uh, shushing him and pointing at the screen. And I'm like, yeah, you went and paid money to go see a movie in a dark and quiet movie theater. Don't talk. <laughs> and she's like, the guy in front of us was already getting mad. I'm like, yeah, he was getting already getting mad during the previews. Like, who cares if people talk during the previews? <laughs> Chapter six. Lara Jean and Kitty are watching videos when Chris texts Lara Jean to check a certain anonymous Instagram account. The top post is of a couple getting busy in a hot tub, and it takes Lara Jean a second to realize, oh my god, it's Sir and Peter. Oh, no. Chris comes over to help Lara Jean through it, and Kitty is scolded for being three seasons into The Sopranos. (laughs) (laughs) So she's seen worse. (laughs) Peter calls and promises to take care of the video. Lara Jean tries to convince herself that the video doesn't look as as explicit as the comments make it seem. Chris is convinced Genevieve posted the video, but Lara Jean isn't so sure. Later, as Lara Jean goes to bed, she remembers how she and Jen had once been best friends. So this anonymous, like, gossip Instagram account uh, next to it. I wrote XOXO. Yeah. Hey there, Eastsiders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then the whole, who could it be? And then Chris and me are both all like, it's Jen. No, seriously, like, I was like, who has a pony in this race? It is Genevieve. I, I can never spell Genevieve, so it was Jen through this whole thing for yeah. me. <laughs> uh, oh, and one of the comments I, I thought was like, is she Asian? Said Veronica Chen. I don't even know who Veronica well, Chen is. Okay, no, because right before that. No, like LJ says that. Like, I, I'm like, I don't know who Veronica right. Chen is. Right, so the whole thing is. What a slut, is she Asian? And I wrote, what, how are those related? <laughs> because it's, it's it sounds like this, like, it's like a, she must be Asian if that's the case. But it's also by Spoken a Veronica by Chen. Yeah, is... so it's like, well, she seems Asian, but how can that be? <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't know. Veronica, you need to... You got some things <laughs> to look at. <laughs> That's not this video. <laughs> Chapter 7. Laura Jean and Peter return to school where everyone judges Laura Jean and ignores or congratulates Peter. Even teachers like the gossipy Miss Davenport and counselor Mrs. Duval chime in. Lara Jean runs into Jen in the bathroom and asks her if she sent the video. Jen denies it, but Lara Jean can read her face and is sure she's lying. Also, she's jealous of Lara Jean. Peter promises to go talk to Jen that night, while Lara Jean goes home to have one last dinner with Margo before the eldest song girl returns to Scotland. Okay, so this whole, like, even the people who mean well are horrible. Yeah. Because they're just like, I know you're not like that. You're better than that. And she's like, what do you mean better than that? Yeah. I was like, she's kissing her boyfriend. I was so... That's this, allowed to happen. This comes up a couple of times later, too, and I'm... Yeah, I had that same realization. I'm like, she's dating him, and they're kissing. 
Yeah. You can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Even if they weren't, like, officially boyfriend and girlfriend, if they dig each other that night and they want to kiss, that's yeah. fine. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's just, like, us, our perspective as adults. Yeah. I'm just like, how would I have looked at this if I was a teenager? But I think they would have been all, oh, did you know that? I go yeah. they're dating. Actually, there is something that kind of similar. But there was, like, a choir festival that we all went to. And there was the, um, I was, like, a freshman. We were staying overnight. And this happened with, like, I think they were seniors. But they were all, like, later, it was like, that guy was fingering that girl during the assembly. And I was like, aren't they dating? And, like, that's not the most, I was just like, why would you pick that time to do that? Right. Like, it was like, it's so romantic <laughs> when the teacher's talking to all of us. I'm like, that's kind of, because I wasn't like, what a slut or anything. My reaction was just all like, that's kind of a poor choice at right. to do that. <laughs> right. Like, it's like, I mean, sneak do into that if the, you want, but... Sneak into the hotel rooms later. Right. Like, why do that there? I'm yeah. Like, but I guess that's part of the excitement. But I'm just like, ugh, because then someone saw another, now, like, we're the freshmen and we're hearing about it. Yeah, but I remember I didn't think the girl was a slut. Yeah. That was, plus, I mean, A, like, established relationship, and B, I didn't care that much. Right. <laughs> and I was a judgmental little thing, so <laughs> I was a Lara Jean <laughs> for how judgy I could be, but, um, yeah, no. I thought that, uh, Miss Davenport is really yeah. creepy. She, yeah. I had a, uh, math teacher kind of like her that, my teacher basically thought that she was a, like, part of the high school volleyball team sort of thing, like, so she was always getting, like, chummy chummy with the teenage girls, and, like, trying to swap gossip and stuff, and yeah. she was, like... I mean, at the time, she was at least 35, probably early 40s. And I can just understand like, more when they're just out of, like, teaching or whatever. Right. And they're, like, 23, maybe. Yeah. Because then they're not too far removed yeah. from the, that age group. But 540 is a little rough. Yeah. Grow up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I have such zero interest in talking to teenagers. Yeah. Sorry if you're a teenager listening and to like, this. And, like... If, if you're a teacher in a high school, I can understand the idea of wanting to, wanting to be able to connect with the kids, but there are ways that you can do that and still establish the fact that, like, ultimately I'm a mature adult who deals with this sort of thing, but I, I want you to feel kind of comfortable around me as yeah. opposed to the, I want to pretend that I am still your age. Yeah. Chapter eight. At dinner, Dr. Covey gets whisked away by the idea of a family trip to Korea to make up for the heritage the girls have missed since their mom died. Laura Jean tosses out some ideas for internships, including one at the local retirement home. After dinner, Laura Jean talks to Peter, who doesn't think Jen sent in the video. Laura Jean remains suspicious, but drops it for the time being. So she's talking about the different internship options, and they talk about the... Uh, the Bellevue Retirement Center, which she's already been doing some volunteer work at. Yeah. Um, and she's like, maybe I could be the activities director's intern or assistant. Margo, which sounds more impressive? And she says, assistant activities director. And I was like, assistant to. To the activities director. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Chapter nine. The next morning, Margo leaves for the airport and Jamie Fox Pickle pees on Miss Rothschild's shoes. At school, Largene discovers that every computer in the computer lab has a still of the hot tub video as its desktop with a different caption. They are a meme. The image continues to spread with various edits, and Largene notices that even Peter is having trouble dealing with the attention. Yeah, this was kind of, I was kind of appalled by this, but um, the Amish bikini one was really funny It to was! Because <laughs> in case you guys don't remember, she gets into the hot tub 
in like this full like flannel long sleeve nightgown thing. It's not like in the movie where she's wearing like more of a cute little nighty, so it looks like she's wearing like a normal bathing suit yeah. when she's in there. So you just see this like long flowy nightgown in there, and which is all the more absurd why people think they're doing it in there. Right. I was like, in that? <laughs> <laughs> what? But yeah, Amish bikini was hilarious. That's the one I thought was funny. Yeah, it's also the one that I think later on they they start using as a joke because they realize that it. At least somebody tried with that one, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem as mean-spirited. Yeah. It just, it maybe even was, like, made up by a kid who was like, I don't really think this is that big of a deal. Right. Like, this this isn't that sexy. She's wearing this long, goofy nightgown. The, the fashion choice is the real problem here. Yeah. <laughs> That's the crime. <laughs> was this Lucas then? <laughs> I like that Lucas is the gay best friend without being the gay best friend. Right. It was like, I'm gonna be dropping down these truths and, like, right. all that. He's just, he's... he's he exists. He hangs out, he's supportive and stuff like that, but he's not the, like, yeah. But he is, like, the celibate gay, like, they that that's always kind of a, a, a trope as well. I don't see that one as frequently, though, so I'm not as, like... Uh... It is, because it's sort of like, oh, he's gay, but, like, we don't ever see him with anybody, so we don't have to get grossed out. Right. You know? I'm, so I'm it, not gross. You, you know what I mean. I'm not... It, I'm not so safe. so it's, the, it's the, like, safe gay, where it's, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, where we don't actually right, have to like, see the lifestyle. We're, we're representing like, the community without actually getting all the yucky bits. But it also seems to be very realistic, because he's like a very cute boy, and he just doesn't have any options here. Yeah. Yeah, what she says, like, oh my god, there's like oh, yeah. two yeah. that are out. And, yeah, uh, I mentioned and I'm like, I'm point, sure yeah. there's like a jock boy that's gay and really closeted, who would probably be really happy with Lucas, but that's... that's if a girl can't even get into a hot tub wearing a big flannel nightgown without getting some heat for it, then he's not going to be able to be out at this horrible school. And it's in Virginia. Sorry if you're from Virginia. I was born there, so It's I okay can... if you're still a Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Virginia, so I, I'm not... You were? Yeah. Was it? No. <laughs> no, I think you were born and raised here. Yeah. In this house. <laughs> in, yeah. Actually, that's why we started the podcast is that Mara moved into this house and I was already here. And she's just like, do you like kids books? <laughs> and he goes, I love kids books. <laughs> Chapter 10. That afternoon, the school assembly is hijacked by an edited video of the hot tub kiss played for everyone to see. While the teachers rush to stop it, Peter gets on stage and tells the audience that he and Laura Jean didn't have sex and he will beat up whoever was responsible for the video. Peter is hauled off and Chris comes by to help Laura Jean out of the auditorium. Peter Sweet talks his way out of suspension, then goes to a lacrosse party while Laura Jean bakes cookies at home to calm down. That evening, Peter climbs in through Laura Jean's window and they snuggle up for just a few minutes before she kicks him out, albeit with a bag of cookies. Okay. Yeah, at this point, I was just like, I... I... It's like, I, I wrote, oh my god, get over it already, for the person who keeps, like, insisting with this video, it's all like, oh, it keeps kind of blowing over, it's not gonna blow over, I'm gonna keep bringing it right. back. Uh, yeah, I I felt like if I was in high school, I'd be kind of like, this again? Can we right. just stop with this? Right. This isn't that great. Especially, um... Especially playing Two Life Crew, when it's like, that's such an old song. Yeah. Because uh, she said it's Me So Horny is the song that's playing. Yeah. That's Two Life Crew. Does anybody know that song? Me so horny. Ah, me so horny. Yeah. Me love you long time, which is also very racist. <laughs> isn't it, isn't it a, like a clip from a movie or something? Yes. Okay. Yes. 
that's a very filthy song if you've ever not even just like that bit I just sang is actually probably the cleanest bit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh boys, that's a dirty song. He texts her after school and he's like, I'm out on parole, meet me at the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did we talk about how he got it taken down? He says, like, my uncle's a lawyer and I will sue you. And because this is child porn. And then they, like, take it down. And he's all like, ha, my uncle is, is just, like, works in a deli or something. Yeah. <laughs> or a bakery, something yeah. like that. His uncle's in food service. Yeah, I liked that part. But in the movie, it's it's uh, Margot who gets it taken down. She just messages them, like, both of the people in this video are underage. Yeah. So this will be child porn. And that's how yeah. we get it taken down. And I liked that better, that it was taken care of, like, in that way. Right. So... One of the one of the reasons I feel like the movie was good got rid of shit I didn't like. Chapter eleven. The next bankruptcy. Day... I think the bankruptcy every single time we have a chapter eleven. Good. The next day, Lara Jean talks to Jeanette, the event coordinator at the Bellevue Retirement Center. Lara Jean suggests a bunch of improvements and activities and ensures Jeanette that she'll take care of it all almost like an assistant. Wink wink. <laughs> Later Lara Jean and Chris are hanging out and doing each other's nails. Laura Jean declines Chris's offer to go see a band called Felt Tip. And Chris says that if she says no to that, she has to say yes to whatever Chris's next invitation is. Laura Jean hopes Chris won't remember that she agrees. The she next... doesn't. It never comes up again. The next Tuesday, a boy is caught masturbating in the locker ah. room and everyone forgets about the hot tub video. Yay, Kinky Clark! <laughs> when she talks to Jeanette, she's like, I had an idea for a, cra- a craft class, scrapbooking to the oldies. And I just crossed out and wrote scrapbooking with the oldies. Cause... <laughs> Chapter 12. Lara Jean is at the retirement center helping an old woman named Stormy sort through her photos. As they do, Stormy reminisces on the many, many boys she dated and encourages Lara Jean to have fun in her youth and keep her options open. She even offers to introduce her to her grandson. Lara Jean plays along because this saucy old Lee won't take no for an answer. What did you think of Stormy? Wasn't a huge fan. Yeah. I guess because I'm tired of this trope of like the sex pot old lady. I right. see this a lot in like reading, but um, also I don't know. I, I kind of like it that it's on one hand um, I'm kind of tired of the trope but on the other I kind of like that it's showing that like your life isn't over when you're old you can yeah. still and that you're still essentially yourself. I Yeah I like the fact that she still has like energy and a personality and stuff. I don't like I kind of like the way she talks to Laura Jean yeah. and said like, like I don't like the people who think that because you're more introverted or that you don't have, like, the same interests they have, that automatically means you're boring. Yeah. And I, probably because I've been made to feel that way my whole life. Yeah. And that my personality type is just one that I have to overcome. Right. When that's not true, I'm allowed to be the way I am. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and she's just really pushy about... She's super pushy. Yeah. I don't care for that. Yeah, and it's... A couple of times, it gets kind of creepy, too, just because she's just like, she's like, go, bone more boys, almost, and it's like... She's not saying bone. Right. She's like, don't bone them, but it was just, like, when she was coming up, well, she describes it a little bit that, like, casual dating is more, like, you would do, like, a thing with a guy, like, one weekend, and then the next weekend, you're, like, hanging out with somebody else. Yeah. And that didn't make you, like, a slut or anything, because you're just going to, like, what was a box social? I don't know what a box social is. Oh, I think that's the thing where uh, everybody sits around in cardboard boxes and then they... It was organized by cats, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It was organized (laughs) by a bunch of house cats. Yeah. um, No, that was definitely more of a thing, but you'd do that. But then when you got more, like, when a boy wanted 
a boy. Like, I don't know. When you wanted to get more serious, that's when the guy would bring out the pin and be all like, now we're steady dates. It yeah. was called steady dates. So I don't think it was really called like boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah, you're going steady. Because then if you're going to the box social, you're going with the doofus who pinned you. And that's it. You're exclusive. Yeah. And now... I guess that we we kind of have that, but at the same time, you're doing more serious things, like hooking up, you know? Yeah. And, I don't know. I feel like Stormy has a point. It's like, no, keep keep your options open, hang out with a lot of different people. Because you should... I didn't, but uh, <laughs> I kind of like the idea of, like, dating a lot of different people to kind of figure out what it is you like. Right. So, if I had done that, I wouldn't have ended up married to who I was married to. Right. So, I was just like, ah, damn, Stormy, I wish I could have done that, but that's not really the culture anymore. Yeah, plus... Which is too bad. Plus, you fall so hard so easily at that age, it's probably pretty challenging for everybody to be emotionally mature enough to be like, all right, we're just kind of scoping things out. I I remember, like, there wasn't ever a point where I was like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of into them. I'm either, like, super into them or they're just not on the radar. There's yeah. there's not a whole lot of... Not a middle ground. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of people felt that way. Well, so. because that's how it was done eventually. But if this, if this was more the thing of just, like, oh, this is, like, your companion for the week or whatever just or you know like i like the way your hair looks today how about we do something this weekend and then it's like okay now that was fun i kind of like sarah this week so how about i do that you know right yeah anyway so i i get the appeal for laura jean because uh she kind of is scared of things getting so deep and like yeah yeah so keeping it surface and fun because i think she even said like a few times that when she first started out with peter it was the funnest because nothing was real, and they just could just be like, there's really nothing on the line. So they could just be honest with each other or whatever, because it wasn't all like, oh no, I have to put on my best face for this person yeah. that I'm in a relationship with. Chapter 13, Vaguely Racist Scrapbooking. Ugh. Chapter 14, Lara Jean is wistful for the old days that she never experienced, when casual dating was common and you weren't going steady until a boy gave a girl his fraternity pin. Peter's confused. <laughs> Laura Jean hopes that if she and Peter ever break up, they can still be friends, but she is afraid because of how he and Jen are. He tells her that Jen is different, and Laura Jean is easy to be around and doesn't make him crazy, which Laura Jean isn't sure how to feel about. No, she doesn't like that. You don't want to be told you're the safe option. <laughs> okay, so Peter comes at it by saying, like, yeah, she you don't drive me crazy, which, uh... Jen, like, runs hot and cold and, like, manipulates and yeah. all that. So he would be all like, why do I never know where I stand with you? Right. He does, a nightmare. Yeah. Whereas when he's saying that about Laura Jean, uh, he's like, oh, my God, I usually know where I'm at with you. Yeah. And you're not, you're, you're not completely twisting everything. You, you, like, don't upset me all the time. I'm not just, like, so endlessly frustrated. When he says, uh, you don't drive me crazy, she's seeing it as, like, you're Head not passionate heels, about yeah. me. And that's so not the case. He really is. He just wants to be, like, because he knows, like, girls like Laura Jean kind of, like, build everything up in their minds because that, like, this boy's going to be terrific and, like, make all the right moves. And he's like, I don't make all the right moves. How am I going to live up to this? Like, a virgin's expectations of everything are just, and he's just like, but I'm just me. (laughs) I'm a disaster. I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this. And I can just, I can see where both of them are coming from through this whole thing. 
And I was with Peter up until a point, and I'll let you know when that point is. You probably know when that point is, but I was with Peter the whole time, kind of just like, oh, buddy, I I understand you're just so, you're just not living up to, you feel like you're not living up to the expectation. Like, I've been both of those people simultaneously. Right. (laughs) I totally get it. No, I was, I was the partner who wasn't living up to expectations in my my whole marriage, because my ex liked all the media were like, the with the um the manic pixie dream girl he loved all that and i was just like i can't be that because i have feelings of my own and like i'm a human and i i can't be the person like the quirky girl who comes in and like saves you from your misery you have to take some steps to try and fix yourself and i can't do that for you and when i said that i outright uh my ex said i'm sorry you think i'm broken and I'm like, that is not at all what I was saying. I was just like, so Peter and them. I'm like, I did not say that. That is not what I meant. God damn it. You are such a dickhead. So, yes, I relate to both of them. That's why I'm not dating anymore. It was way too, especially guys my age now. Because now they've been through like first marriages and stuff and like probably broken engagements. So they're going to yeah. be even more like bitter and scarred by stuff. And I'm just like, well. <laughs> do anything for you i'm sorry as soon as you're weird once i'm out because i made way too many concessions last time (laughs) i think that's also a a very much a kind of a teenage thing of like you want that that crazy passion and stuff like that and i can i can respect that but when i when i started dating my girlfriend in you know early mid-20s i was just like i love the fact that everything is just kind of like out in the open and chill She's the sort of person where if she says she doesn't want anything for Valentine's Day and then I don't give her anything for Valentine's Day, she's like, cool, thanks for doing what I asked. It's so <laughs> nice that everything is just like... Instead of, so nothing, huh? You're like, so no gifts? Thrown <laughs> <laughs> yeah. down, then breaks her skateboard. <laughs> you didn't bring me a birthday gift on my birthday to my birthday party on my birthday? <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> Chapter 15. It's icy out, and Josh is having trouble getting his car up and running, so Lara Jean offers to drive him to school. She's much better at driving now. Josh asks when they'll be able to talk like friends again, and Lara Jean isn't sure because of how recently he and Margo talked about not getting back together. She asks Josh why he didn't want to, and he says relationships are hard work, and she'll understand when she's older. Oh, fuck you, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) He then admits that based on how Peter has been handling the video thing, he's a good guy. Josh was... Josh was raw. Josh was less than correct. <laughs> oh, um, I didn't mention. Yeah, when when Peter jumps up on the stage, he's like, "You fucking assholes, listen to me!" He's like, he's like, just he's like livid, and then like has to be like torn off, and then like torn off the stage. I think it was like a couple teachers yeah. had to like <laughs> rope him and like <laughs> muscle him out, and he's just like frantically looking around for Laura Jean, and then Chris runs up, and he said she comes over to like help her friend. No, she didn't. She comes over and goes like, he dropped two F-bombs oh, right. in front of everybody. And I was like, yeah, I'm the Chris as well. Because well. <laughs> I feel like he said F in front of everyone twice. <laughs> Which is so high school as well. <laughs> Chapter 16. The next day, Jen tries to stir the pot by telling Laura Jean to tell Peter to tell Dean to tell Seamus to tell Hermione that she'll call him later. Peter says not to let it get to her. 17. Dr. Covey goes out for the evening, and the girls think he's on a date. Laura Jean meant it when she said she'd be okay with him dating, but the idea of him actually finding someone new to marry intimidates her. 
When he gets home, he says it wasn't a date, just a trip to the symphony with a married coworker. Laura Jean decides to set up an online dating profile for her dad. This was so, like, opposite Penderwix. It wasn't the safe daddy plan, but, like, let's let daddy be plan. Right. And then they're like, yeah, he's got a date. This is so great. Whereas, like, Rosalind run out into the night and, like, curled up in a field and sobbed and was, like, just traumatized by her father possibly dating. Chapter 18. It's Kitty's birthday! Hey, where did Kitty? She's 10. Laura Jean preps all the traditions, and Peter shows up to drive Kitty to school. Just Kitty. Yeah. It's pretty cute. Yeah. He's, like, all jealous, Covey, and she's yeah. like, I loved him so much in that moment. I'm like, yeah, that's cute. That evening, Miss Rothschild comes by with a present, and Dr. Covey is surprised to see her. It turns out Kitty planned this surprise visit to try and set them up. Miss Rothschild seems to jive well with the group, but Laura Jean doesn't see any sparks between her and Dr. Covey yet. Yeah, but she's not discounting it when Kitty's asking about it. Like, what do you think? She's like, well, I didn't see sparks flying, but let's keep throwing them together and see what mm-hmm. happens. Because she's like, I don't mind this. Because uh, they like, um, I, I kept writing Ms. R. Yeah. Was, I'm like, I'm not writing this long, clunky last Roth's name. Rothschild. Rothschild. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 19. Lara Jean fills Margot in over video chat, and Margot's turned off by the idea of Dr. Covey and Miss Rothschild dating. She thinks Miss Rothschild dresses too young and isn't mature enough. Margot is much more receptive to the online profile, however, and asks for the login so she can approve Laura Jean's work. She also mentions that she's met a cute boy named Samuel, and the upbeat way she acts makes Laura Jean believe Margot is truly over Josh. Margot has, um, she kind of had a breakthrough before she left at the end of the last book, but she still kind of wants to be in control, and so she's trying to be like... I'm not sure about this plan, but let me go over what you've done for this. Well, she had some valid concerns because she remembers when Mr. Rothschild was around. He's like, they got the screaming fights in their yard in front of everybody. Do we really want that in our dad's life? Right. It's like, well, that was a different relationship dynamic. It's probably going to be a little bit, you know, don't judge that based on how she's going to be with your dad. Because, you know, you don't know what what Mr. R was bringing to you. Yeah, exactly. 50% of the relationship will be totally different. I (laughs) kind of related to Margot there. I was all like, yeah, the lady having screaming fights in public <laughs> like i don't want that near my dad what the f but it wasn't like she was like uh rosalind just like no dating ever she's like no i want to take a look at the website instead of all like that's inappropriate you shouldn't be doing that so it's like she still wants to be in it and she's trying not to control it as much but uh you're, you're right about how she did have that kind of breakthrough like oh i don't need to be in control of all of this this goes just fine when i'm not here yeah which doesn't mean I don't have a place. Right. Just that I did my job so well that everybody else can yeah. then fall in line and yeah. do what they need to do. Chapter 20. Kitty wants to send Miss Rothschild a valentine on her dad's behalf, but Lara Jean shoots that idea down. But if Kitty hadn't sent out Lara Jean's letter, would she have ever ended up with Peter? <laughs> yeah, I That's wrote... her attempt it. <laughs> I wrote, okay, probably not. Point. I'm going to warn you now that some of these chapters I did write summaries for at like one in the morning so they might be weird or slightly incomplete like for 21 all i wrote was jenny han preaches and stormy makes me uncomfortable okay i don't remember what happened Do me to okay i'll write i'll read what i wrote okay. okay stormy wants to see a picture of peter and when lj shows her she says he's not as handsome as her robert redford lookalike grandson too bad she doesn't have a picture as proof. I'm like, picks her, it didn't happen. <laughs> um, then she lectures LJ about sex, telling her that she gets to decide when and how far she goes. It's kind of nice, the level of concern she has for LJ. 
So I kind of came from a, from a different perspective because it wasn't all like, okay, your first time, make sure that he's on top. You know, it wasn't like like super right. like detailed in that regard. And just like, yeah. make sure he doesn't have ribbed because you're not ready for that quite yet. <laughs> like that would have been like, oh my God, what? And he's going to be breathing really loudly and it's going to be awkward. Yeah. I guess my thing about it was not... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just remembered. <laughs> you might want to take this out, but I just remembered... Um... A friend of mine, she told, she, she like had sex with her boyfriend the first time when we were like in high school. Mm-hmm. And she told, she told us that like in the middle of it, she started laughing because of like the squish noise. Yeah. <laughs> and then like he like stopped and was like, <gasps> like horrified that like, what is she laughing at? <laughs> like, it's okay. It's not anything you're doing. Kind of. Right. It's not your fault. Right. <laughs> That's pretty great. <laughs> Poor guy. So I guess, like, I appreciate the overall messages of, like, your body, your choice, and and things like that. I guess I felt like it was the delivery of it in the context of the book was really, like, really smack you over the head with it. And that was more my problem was the delivery as opposed to the exact message. Especially when you're having, like, this flaky old lady being the delivery of the message. Like, maybe it would have meant more coming from Margot. Yeah. But Margot already said just, like, just take care of you first. When she said, like, be careful with your heart and, like, don't get too serious. Yeah. Because she was like, that's the mistake I made with Josh. Just right. going all in and, yeah. But the problem is, when Laura Jean goes all in, she's gonna, like, be ready and mean it because that's just the way she is. Yeah. Whereas Margot, I don't think she's capable really of being all in because she's always like she has that need to be in control of everything but in relationships you can't yeah it's not possible yeah you just can't be <laughs> which is why i'm not in one yeah that i mean that's a thing that like stresses me out is like i am very much about like i want to know everything that's happening and going on not in like a i need you my just girlfriend don't want to be surprised yeah. by anything you don't want to yeah. be blindsided by crap yeah you don't want to be like both of you making dinner in the in the kitchen or something, and then she just suddenly bursts into tears, and you're like, "What's that? What's going on?" She goes, "Like, I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied." Right. And you're like, "Where did this come <laughs> right. from? We were just on the couch <laughs> watching TV, and you were fine." Yeah. <laughs> like, what happened? So you're just not ready for that. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. I'm starting to laugh because it's just it's taking me back because I was that like try to be okay, try to be right. okay. Wait, I'm not okay. Oh shit, I'm not okay. Yeah. He needs to know I'm not okay. It's a revelation to him that I'm not okay. <laughs> Look, it's just as much a surprise to me as it is to you, sir. I told you as soon as I realized. <laughs> so, yeah, you can't be in control of everything. Chapter 22. Laura Jean can't study if Peter keeps kissing her. Chapter 23. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> They're hanging out and then he's sitting there texting. Like, a lot with someone. And she's, like, wondering who it is. And I wrote, gee, let me think. <laughs> There's two people he would probably be, like, having long text conversations with. It's Genevieve and it's LJ. He's with LJ. Right. (laughs) Uh, Chapter 23. Laura Jean runs into Josh at the store, and he announces he got accepted into UVA early. Hmm. He asks Laura Jean to tell Margo because Margo helped him study hard enough for this to happen in the first place. Laura Jean promises to pass the info on, and also asks him to come to dinner once Margo gives the okay. Uh, Chapter 24. Laura Jean and Kitty make valentines. Chapter 25. Laura Jean bakes turnovers for Peter. Hey, which ones are turnovers? Um, I think they're, they're kind of like, kind of foldy. Boy, I'm not really making, like, 
I feel like they're like little triangles because they like you take like the square of the thing and you fill it up and then basically like turn it over, like fold the end over. Okay. Um, that's what I was picturing. That's what that was always been my understanding of it. Whatever, it's gonna be delicious because she is quite the little baker and good for her. I can bake stuff, but um, I, I take the shortcuts that she sneers at. I'm like, box cake's fine. And I'm like, and like, well, she's all like, no, and be sure to sift the flour. You should always sift. And it's like, sifting sucks. I don't want to do that. My parents had a disagreement one time oh. over the what making something from scratch meant because my mom said that she made like a pie or something for my dad from scratch. And in her head, if you add anything that wasn't already in the box, it's from scratch. Okay. So and, it, and your dad was like, you clearly bought the shell from the <laughs> Yeah, store. he was like, he was like, <laughs> really? So you, like, you made the pie crust using your own batter and you did, and she's like, no, 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 I added an egg. See, I'm with your dad because that's what uh, from yeah. scratch means to me too. And, right. And some people probably think some, some scratch means like, oh, so you grew the wheat, you ground the wheat in your own little mill thing, and then you had the wheat. <laughs> then you made your own flour right. and did all- and it was like, okay, we all have different ideas of like what from scratch means. Basically, she didn't just, it wasn't just all just something she like got from yeah. the store and went, ta-da. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I see where your mom's coming from as well. But I'm more like what, what your dad said. Lara Jean makes her nervous for Peter. When she gets to school on Valentine's Day, she sees him talking intently to Jen. She watches until Jen notices her, then give then Jen leaves and Peter surprises Laura Jean with her Valentine, a poem he wrote for her, and the antique necklace she admired at his mom's shop all last year. She's over the moon and starts wearing the necklace twenty four seven, but eventually lets Kitty try it on and says she can wear it, but only on very, very special occasions. Yes. The woman in the front row. Okay, I just wanna say that Annabelle Lee is like one of my favorite is my favorite poem ever. So I was like you little plagiarist when I when I saw that and I thought someone as bookish as Laura Jean should have realized yeah. that but I, I think um maybe like the way she is and she uh you know Edgar Allan Poe wasn't gonna be her style to sit and listen yeah. uh, sit and listen to, sit and read anyway yeah so I guess it makes sense she didn't know but this is such like a dreamy poem right that it feels like it'd be upper street especially since she like swoo- swooned over it and uh, I don't know it's 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 my favorite poem, so I was like, no. Yeah, so for context, the poem that he presents to her is, But the moon never beams without bringing me dreams of the beautiful Lara Jean, and the stars never rise but I see the bright eyes of the beautiful Lara Jean. I know that whole poem by heart. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, I haven't read Annabelle Lee since college, so I, I, it looked familiar, but I couldn't exactly place it, so I just went with the idea that he... He didn't write this. <laughs> well, I, at the very least, I was like, did he present this to Jen with Jen's name in it? And all he did was swap out. He would do that too. <laughs> I'm sorry, Peter. You a basic bitch. Yeah. So what's, yeah. <laughs> but this goes back to what we said with the first one is that it's really nice that the characters are multidimensional. Cause like I still, most of the time like where Peter comes from, but I will still acknowledge that he's a dumb boy sometimes. And of course he did this when he <laughs> cheated on a, on a test, a quiz. Right. In seventh grade. Yeah. That hooligan. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's I, his level of villainy I, at I, this point. I imagine that, that Josh is just like adding this to his file that's labeled Peter the Cheetah. Peter the Cheetah. <laughs> Love it. Uh. Chapter 26. A new edit of the video, this time spliced with the Little Mermaid, starts making the rounds. No. Laura Jean shuts down the girls she notices watching it, but Peter's furious that he can't protect her. 
At home, Dr. Covey wants to talk about the video and is kind of supportive and kind of victim-blamey. Eventually, he starts to reminisce about Mrs. Covey and how they first met. Later that night, Peter calls and Laura Jean informs her that the principal will make an announcement the next day, threatening suspensions to anyone who watches or distributes the video. Yeah, for so for the new video, I was already mad because I was like, what? Just stop. Let it right. go. Quit it. This isn't funny yeah. anymore. Like, why is anybody entertaining this anymore? And, like, the two shitty girls in the library and, like, Laura Jean was just a fucking boss. Just walks over and just watch it. Go ahead, hit play. Let's do it. Let's watch it. Let's see it. What's, what's so amazing about this? Yeah. So make them feel really uncomfortable. Right. It's just, like, the, like, the pieces of shit they are for, right. like, being entertained by this. Because I would have been all like, another one. Probably not even hit the thing because I'd just be like, I'm sick of this. Right. And um, also, then I wrote, like, <laughs> in brackets, like, the Lucille Bluth. Good for her. <laughs> and um, yeah, Dr. Covey kind of upset me because like he was like, I, I at first I was with him just like, I want to know about this mm-hmm. kind of thing happening. Mm-hmm. I don't like you struggling alone. Mm-hmm. But then he turns it around. So it's all about him. He's upset that he was left in the darkest. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And then she has to reassure him. Right. Which I hated. Yeah. I was just like, no, he should have his arms around her and being like, I'm really sorry that you yeah. know, you're getting tormented at school. Right. Better than like, you didn't tell me. Right. <laughs> and I feel like you don't value me as a parent because I'm your dad. <laughs> and it's just like, it's not about you. Yeah. It's like the people who like hurt your feelings and you say, you hurt my feelings. They're like, well, my feelings are hurt because you said I, you hurt my feelings. I'm like, no. Right. It's not about you. Stop it. Don't right, it's, I have to reassure right. you. He like Ugh. as a single parent, he's allowed to have those concerns, but like you time and place that. and w- yeah, exactly. It's like right now when your daughter is struggling through something, that is not the time not to Not the time. Go across the street and talk to Miss Rothschild <laughs> yeah. and be all like, I think I'm really dropping the ball because she didn't tell me anything about this and Miss Rothschild yeah. would be all like, Well it has to do with sex, so she probably felt weird. Yeah. So it just probably doesn't isn't really an indicator of your parenting, just yeah. that, you know, there's going to be some crap she's not going to want to yeah. talk to you about, but I'm sure she was talking to Margo and it's okay. Yeah. But this is what I was saying when he goes, I wish you had used better judgment that day, Laura Jean. Uh, there are long lasting consequences to our actions. And I, and I wrote better judgment and not kissed her boyfriend when they were alone. Like, what has she done wrong here? Nothing. <laughs> and then like you should have known someone was filming this. I also made a note that between... Between him and Margot and, like, all the other people, like, most of the people in this book really hate the idea of high school sweethearts. Like, everybody is encouraging her, like, don't settle down and don't, you know, don't have a a boyfriend when you, like, leave high school. And, like, I kind of get it because a lot of these people have been hurt by that sort of thing, but it's also, like... I don't know. Life. Yeah, like I, I, I've known several people that have like married high school sweethearts and turned out fine. And it's like it. No, it's not a hundred percent thing, but it's a valid way to live if that's how you're feeling. And if you get hurt by it, I mean, that's an experience that you sometimes you need to learn. Yeah. Also, at one point, it says, uh, talking about the online dating profile, she says it's a whole new world out there, Daddy. And I drew a little. Yeah, uh, Little Mermaid. Uh, uh, I was like, no, was the Aladdin, right? Oh, right, Party right. Our World is Little Mermaid. Right. Yeah, because I drew the little flying carpet and then Aladdin and, <laughs> yeah. and Jasmine. <laughs> yeah, I was like, did she mean to make that Disney reference in light of this video where they play Party Your World during the thing? I, I kind of like raised my eyebrows a little bit. Chapter 27. And this is where things happen. Yeah, the entrance of my favorite character. Ba ba ba. Lara Jean gets a letter in the mail from one John Ambrose McLaren. Her letter to him got sent to his old house, so it took him months to finally receive it. He writes to tell Laura Jean about all the memories the letter sparked, 
and that he had no clue she liked him back in middle school. He asks her if she remembers seeing him at Model UN, and says she can write back if she'd like. When Peter picks her up, Lara Jean tells him about the letter and is a little bummed that he doesn't seem jealous. He, su- yes. he suggests they hang out with John sometime and tells her to tell John hi for him. He then asks if she liked John more than Peter when she wrote the letters, and she's pleased to make him squirm a bit by not giving a clear answer. Peter says she sure knows how to work a guy for someone who hasn't dated before. Yeah, okay, so I love John Ambrose's letter, like, a whole, whole lot. Yeah. I just like, he's just like, look at you having, like, well-articulated feelings and thoughts at 13 when I would have just been a mess saying yeah. your hair's pretty. And I was just like, okay, I really like him. <laughs> He's really fun. I like, he's, I wrote, he like, he seems tailor-made for Laura Jean. Like, she had that, like, idea of what the boyfriend is, and then, like, he came to life. Right. Like, here he is. Right. So, I was just like, yeah. I like, I really do like John Ambrose. He's apparently a huge fan favorite amongst people who like these books. Okay. Because a lot of people stopped liking Peter Kavinsky because of this book. Like, in the first book, they were all like, yeah, Peter, Peter's great. And then, um, Needle Screech and, like, no... Like, exactly what happened with me. Yeah. I, I did get over it by the end of the book. Right. But, um, I was very upset with Peter. But again, it's like three-dimensional characters. You can you can like them for part of the time and think they're being a piece of crap other times, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Because people are like that. I don't think John and Bros. McLaren would ever be a piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's, I, I just think he's cool. But, and then he shows up and it's like, he's still cool. And I'm like, okay. He's our good boy. <laughs> he's our, he is a good boy. He's like a golden retriever came to life. <laughs> Chapter 28. Laura Jean writes back to John with more memories, then asks if he can send her letter back so she can read what she said. <sighs> Chapter 29. Laura, Jean, and Peter decide to spend the afternoon up in the neighbor's treehouse, a place where they and their middle school friends used to go often. During their makeout session, Laura Jean blurts out that she's not going to be ready for sex anytime soon. She asks Peter if he misses sex, and he gets all embarrassed and alludes to other ways he can satisfy his need to seed. Mm. I told you it was like midnight when I did some of these. (laughs) Peter agrees to let Laura Jean be in charge of deciding when they move to the next physical stages, and then they go back to smoochin'. Later, Lara Jean remembers the time capsule that's buried under the tree, which she, Peter, John, Chris, Jen, and a couple of other kids all promised to open up on the last day of high school. Every time I write the word smoochin', I uh, I think of Calvin and Hobbes, because that's what Hobbes always refers Mooches, to. Smooches, smooches, <laughs> woohoo! <laughs> uh, I, ju- I just noticed this because I passed the page, but Lara Jean makes a lot of, like, breast comparisons in this book compared to the last one. I don't know, she's just more fixated on that. He's just... touching them now, and he I... before. So it's just like I'm a disappointment compared to, <laughs> <laughs> to the other girl who had more. Um, that's never been my problem. So I don't know. I've always had the big tetas, so it hasn't been like I've been self conscious in the other direction. <laughs> just feel like mm-hmm. there's too much happening here. Right. It's getting looked at all the time. I had a friend that um, she developed pretty early, and her back was already messed up by the time she got to high school, and I. So now whenever I see people like that, one part of my brain does the guy thing, just like, oh, cool, boobs. And the other half is like, I I really hope that they don't have any spine problems because that sucks. I wasn't feeling it then, but I feel it now. Chapter 30. John writes back and says he will return her letter if she promises to send it back to him after she reads it. She agrees and Kitty starts noticing how eager Laura Jean waits for the mail each day. Laura Jean explains why and Kitty reminds her that she already has a boyfriend and doesn't need two. 
John sends back her letter and also asks for her phone number so they can text as well. Laurie Jean is conflicted and wonders if any of this could be seen as a betrayal to Peter. She reads the letter she wrote John and is embarrassed at how gushy and revealing it is. Yeah. She also <laughs> finds it interesting that there's no mention of Peter since she started liking him the same year she liked John. She remembers how Jen used to stay the night and insisted that Laura Jean and John would end up together before Laura Jean even realized how she felt about him. Oh, it's because Jen was just pushing her in that direction away from Peter. Right. Yeah, that letter, I was just like, oh, God. And, and, and that was LJ's response to, oh, God, he's not getting this back. <laughs> this is way too much. Yeah, she was very... She's like, it was so the opposite of the letter that she sent Peter. And if Peter ever read this letter, it would completely destroy him. Yeah. Because he, he'd think of what he got as like, you're a piece of shit who thinks he's all that and a bag of chips and you always eat the last piece of pizza. You know, and um, well, whereas this is just like, you're the most beautiful boy in the world and right. I love you so much. Da, da, da. So Peter would be like, why did you get this letter? Yeah, but there's kind of a psychology to that of, did she write it when she knew Peter was moving away? Or yeah, John. Yeah, because that so, was going to be yeah. the end of the crush. So, so at that point, it didn't really matter. She was... She could stay wistful towards him because she knew that he was moving away and he wouldn't be accessible anyways. Yeah. The fact that Peter was staying nearby meant that she had to kind of like force herself to be like, I'm over you and here are all the reasons why I'm... So I can totally see why she would be more like... Mm -hmm. But Peter's not going to see it that way. No, no, no. Absolutely he would, not. He would see this and... No, I hope he never Poor sees guy. it. He would just... He'd be devastated. I'd be devastated. But he, he'd be completely devastated by yeah. that because he was already just all like, well, he got a letter too and... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, who did you like more? And she's just like, well, she couldn't remember what the letter said. So she's just like, I, I'm telling you, I like you best now. Is that okay? <laughs> and he's just like, oh, I don't know about then. We're not talking about now. <laughs> I was like, maybe you should. Maybe you should talk about now. Chapter 31. Lara Jean has lunch with Lucas at school and tells him about exchanging letters with John. Lucas says it doesn't sound cheaty to him and understands why she would be curious about John since she never got to date him when she liked him. Lucas wishes he had options like she does, but alas, the gay pool at school is shallow. Yeah. Chapter 32. Lara Jean gets word that they will be getting new neighbors who plan to demolish the treehouse. Kitty suggests Lara Jean hosts a time capsule party with everyone who buried the capsule before the treehouse goes down. Lara Jean considers it and decides to have one, but it will just be her, Peter, Chris, John, and Trevor, which is one of the two kids I didn't mention. As she thinks about the party, she remembers the good times of eighth grade and how it all began to turn after Jen moved. So they had this little group of like, it's like four girls and four guys. They were like the, their neighborhood group and they were always hanging out. And this was the kind of like B plot that I was really oh, okay. interested in because I really like. So first of all, I've always found the end of middle school to be a really interesting time because it has some of the transitionary stuff of like the high school going into adulthood. But you're still close enough at the kid thing that there's a, there's a little bit more of that kind of like childhood magic there. And so I really liked the idea of them trying to bring it together and be like, here's where we're at now and we're still working our way out of it. But what was it like then? And kind of just revisiting all of that. I really enjoyed that element of it. And I would be stoked to see some more stuff like that in the third one of basically how that summer kind of informed a lot of what happened afterwards. I don't know. That's just me. I really enjoyed that element of it. So I didn't care. Okay. <laughs> like it wasn't all like, can we not? I just, I wasn't as invested in it as you are. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. Oh, I just wrote Kitty is going to the bathroom and uh, Laura Jean's brushing her teeth in there. And I just write, why, old, is, why is this a thing people do? They're an old married couple. <laughs> I don't do that with my girlfriend. She was like, 
she was like, are we at the point where we can, like, go to the bathroom while the other person is... And I was like, I mean, I think we are, but we don't need to. <laughs> and she's That's like... That's a no. And she's like, okay. no then. <laughs> I remember my roommate, she uh, got her first boyfriend and... Uh, I don't know, I was talking about, like, a child and, like, how you had to teach them how to wipe or whatever, and she described how her boyfriend wipes, and I was like, how do you know that? And she said, like, oh, I'm in the room with him when he does it, and they hadn't been dating for very long, and I was like, why are you in the room with him when he poops? That's really gross. And she's like, I get lonely. I'm like, for five minutes (laughs) while he poops? Like, let this guy have some space. Yeah, wonder of wonders they're not together now, but, I mean... My ex couldn't pee if I was in the room. He just was pee shy. And then finally he could do it, but he's like, just don't look. And I was like, I'll just leave. Because he needed to use the restroom while I was already in there brushing my teeth. I guess my mom used to, like, with her cousin, like, one of them would take a bath and the other person would, like, sit on the toilet and chat with them the whole time. I was okay with that when I was a kid. Yeah. But now it's like, I gotta do stuff. Get out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 33. Josh has a new girlfriend. Liza Booker from the comic book, sorry, graphic novel club. Laura Jean watches Liza leave Josh's house and asks why he's dating her over Margot. Josh says that's not quite how it is, and Laura Jean knows it, and she's just trying to be kind of uh, competitive about it. <laughs> uh, Margot was right to break things off, and even if she hadn't gone to Scotland, things would have ended the same way. What exactly that means, he's not telling. I called the girl brace face big tits. <laughs> BFBT. Josh has a new girlfriend. LJ makes a snide comment about him picking brace face big tits over Margot. Okay. And, and he's like, A, false, and B, they were always going to break it. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be interesting to go back and like have like B-side chapters for when one of us writes our synopsis yeah. for the book <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> That'd be interesting to us and no one else. Or maybe it'd be for the people who prefer like maybe yours over mine or mine over yours. Right. Chapter 34. Chris has dyed her hair, and now she looks like an Easter egg. Laura Jean suggests a Korean hair mask her grandma gave her, but when she goes to her room to bring it to Chris, she finds Chris going through Laura Jean's hat box. She pulls out the poem from Peter and declares that it's plagiarized from Poe's Annabelle Lee. Laura Jean is distraught, and on the phone with Peter later, the couple bickers about Laura Jean not going to Peter's lacrosse game and Peter possibly not going to the time capsule party. Fine. Fine. But the next day, Laura Jean brings Peter lemon cookies and wears his jersey number, and he's ecstatic. The we, good times are go, back for can now. We, can we go back and forth on that? Because it was really funny. Sure. Um, I guess you can be... Oh, I kind of want to be Peter, but... Um, you can be Peter. I'll be Laura Jean. You're coming, right? I want to, but I promised Stormy I'd dye her hair on Friday night. Can't you just do it on Saturday? I can't. The time capsule party is on Saturday, and she has a date that night. That's why her hair needs to be done on Friday. I'll come to the next one, I promise. Gabe's girlfriend comes to every single game, and she paints her jersey number on her face every game day. She doesn't even go to our school. There have only been four games, and I've gone to two! And you know what? I know you didn't write that poem for me on Valentine's Day. You copied it off of Edgar Allan Poe. I never said I wrote it. Yes, you did. You acted like you wrote it. I wasn't going to, but then you were so happy about it. Sorry for trying to make you happy. You know what? I was going to bake you lemon cookies on game day, and now I don't know. Fine, then I don't know if I'm going to make it to your treehouse party on Saturday. I might be too tired after the game. (gasps) You better be there! Well, then I better see some lemon cookies in my locker come game day. Fine. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) And then he got cookies, and she wore the jersey number on his cheek, and he was super stoked on that. Yeah. And um, when I write my notes, oh, that um, she realizes she has the ability to really hurt him, but she can also fix it, and she seems very bemused by this. Yeah. Just like, 
I didn't realize I had that level of power. Yeah. Which is kind of a foreshadowing for what happens with them later. Yeah. But that's really scary because, like, it's hard to have the ability to make someone super happy without, without also having the ability to, to like... hurt them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that can feel like a very fragile thing that you're holding. Yeah. I think the best comparison is when they were in the car together in the first book. He's like, well, you liked me well enough in that letter. And she's like, yeah, I was then. I guess you have some, you were great then, but I guess you, I don't know about now. And he just keeps looking consistently upset. And then everything she said kept making it worse. So she's had the ability to hurt him for a while. Yeah. But she's coming into realizations about herself and. Yeah. Chapter 35. Today's the day of the time capsule party. Laura Jean digs up the capsule and bags up the snacks everyone used to love four years ago. She heads to the treehouse and finds John already there. Their reunion is nice and romantically awkward, but thankfully Chris and Trevor show up, quickly followed by Peter and Jen. The two had apparently been hanging out before the party, which Laura Jean was unaware of. Is this the point? Um, no, but I was kind of like, dude. Yeah, that's already a... Read the room. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone greets each other and chows down before Laura Jean opens the time capsule and suggests everyone take turns pulling one item out. The stowed trinkets include Laura Jean's friendship bracelet from Jen, Peter's home run baseball, John's favorite hat, and a $20 bill that Chris squirreled away. <laughs> I was like, I like Chris more in this book. Like, Chris, yeah. I was like, Chris is awesome in this book. And the $20, I was just like, yeah, this is the best thing you could have done. She's all like, yes, me then was so smart. She gets some good development in this book for sure. I, I just, I, that, I think this is where she 100% won me with that 20 bucks in the envelope. I'm like, okay. I'm in. (laughs) Everyone has something, except Jen. Hmm. Later, someone brings up the game Assassins that they used to play, where everyone had a secret tag target and they played until one person was left standing, and it could take days. Peter suggests they play one last round and Jen ups the ante by suggesting a prize, a wish from anyone in the group. Within reason, Laura Jean clarifies, and Chris says, yeah, so Jen can't make Peter bang her one last time. Fair play. Everyone draws names and Laura Jean's target is, of course, John. I really like the idea of the Assassin's game. I thought you would. I I don't. But I was just all like, this seems like something Josh would really, really like. So I was just picturing you going like, like pounding, pounding both fists on the table going, yes, yes, yes. I was really stoked about this. John mentions that Largy never uh, sent back the letter. And he's like, you broke an unbreakable vow. And I was like, and now you die. Yeah, I've had a good job. Um, while they're talking about the game, it turns out like, Laura Jean never won one game and like Jen sneers at her for sucking at it because she lacks killer instinct and I wrote sorry she's not sociopath like you Jen though I don't know uh we'll find out in a few later chapters that John McLaren's pretty right (laughs) wow (laughs) and then they're talking about all the different prize options and John says we could all put in a 20 and Jen's like money's boring Laura Jean says I roll my eyes who asked for her two cents and I was like well John just asked her for 20 bucks so (laughs) chapter 36 peter decides to stay behind with laura jean while everyone else heads out as john leaves it comes up that he wasn't aware peter and laura jean were dating once everyone else is gone laura jean asks why peter was with jen he says she called him crying and that she's going through something he can't divulge but she needs an old friend then he turns things on laura jean why didn't she tell john she was dating anyone and why didn't she tell him she saw john at model un Things have escalated very quickly, and Peter asks if Laura Jean wants to break up. She says no, and she asks if he does, and he says no, and they agree never to fight again and smush faces instead. <sighs> you can just see it coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because every time it's like a, 
things get worse and then they're like, let's just kiss and, and be better yeah. instead of like, you're right. This is a, this is a hurdle that we need to tackle. It's just kind of a, let's just act like it didn't happen and make sure it doesn't happen ever again. And it's kind of Peter who doesn't want it to get, cause I think he can sense that again, it's like that. I'm not living up to this expectation. Here. Yeah. So in this case, it was him just like, you just hug me. This can be over. And yeah. it's like, and I was like, babe, you need to figure this out because yeah. she feels threatened by this. Like she's willing for you and Jen to still be friends, but you need to put up some boundaries with Jen that you're not putting because you you can still be her friend, but you can't be as available to her as you used to be. Right. And you need to make that clear to her. Yeah. And you're not doing that. Right. And it's affecting your relationship with this girl right now. And this girl doesn't have the experience and like the yeah. emotional know that I'm a 35 year old woman that I was just like, I'm not going to tolerate this crap. I'm like, I'm not here to tell you how to live your life, but this is affecting me. And we need to like, you can't be hanging out with me and texting her. That's a really crummy thing to do. Yeah. Like I, you're with me you should have my attention. Like this, this, you know, like it's a text message. It's not, you know, do it later. Right. <laughs> like, so yeah, he needs to put up boundaries with Jen, and he's not doing that. Yeah. Probably because he doesn't feel safe doing so, as we find out later. Oh, yeah. But, um, and, and we'll discuss that more, like, later. I'm 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 betting that also, when he and Jen had disagreements, I bet there wasn't a whole lot of, like, intelligent discussion no. about it. It oh, was, no. they would just get angry and probably then just, like, just just have, like, makeup sex or something. And so, like, probably. you you never actually solved any problems that way. You just kept setting them aside. Yeah, and, and he's doing the same thing with yeah with uh, Laura Jean. Yeah, because he hasn't learned anything else yet. Right. Yeah. So it's like it's still a crummy thing for him to do, but I can understand why he doesn't that's have his, that toolkit. That's his experience. Yeah, that's his experience. That's is like, well, this is what worked before. Yeah. And Laura Jean's like, did it? Did it work? <laughs> <laughs> Chapter thirty-seven. Chris convinces Laura Jean that they should team up to assassinate their targets. Chris has Trevor and they agree to take him out first. They park in a neighborhood Trevor always passes through on his way to track practice. And Laura Jean's pretend, Laura Jean pretends to have injured herself riding a bike. Trevor pulls up and wants to help, but is also suspicious. He should be. Laura Jean finally convinces him to help her, which is when Chris makes her move. Trevor gives Chris his target's name slip and says his wish was going to be seeing a UVA football game using John's season tickets. Laura Jean suddenly realizes that if Trevor had her name, Chris is now her enemy. Not taking any chances, she bikes home while Chris returns to her car. She brings, like, fake blood and everything. Yeah, <laughs> these kids are crazy, but, like, John McLaren's is way worse, as we'll find out. I like, uh, I like when Laura Jean realizes that Chris could possibly have her name right now, and is like, well, if we did this, and then he has my name... I just put myself in a huge, really dangerous situation. And Chris was like, that was a chance we were willing to take. And I just thought of the scene from Shrek where he's like, some of you may die, but that's a sacrifice I am willing to make. <laughs> Chapter 38. Lara Jean takes the game so seriously she won't even talk to Peter in person outside the school. At lunch, Chris tells Lara Jean and Lucas that John tagged her out by siphoning gas from her car and then tailing her to a gas station. See, that makes it even better. She, she said, like, he got me while I was pumping gas. And they said, how did you know that you needed to get gas? Like, because he siphoned my tank. And I'm like, holy shit. John McLaren's in it to win it. She's bummed that she won't be able to ask Jen to let her have their grandma's old car. Speaking of Jen, she and Peter have been hanging out a ton, which might mean they formed an alliance. Since John now has Chris's target, Peter, that means Peter or Jen has Laura Jean. 
Largene reiterates that Jen is going through something regarding her family, and Chris still doesn't know what it could be. I had made a couple of definitely off predictions, but I was trying. <laughs> and so they keep mentioning that whatever is going on is like a family thing, but Chris doesn't know what it is, and Chris is Jen's cousin, so it's like, whatever it is, it can't be like super extended family, or like a super big thing, because she would have heard about it. Yeah. And I just wrote, hey, wouldn't it be crazy if Jen was pregnant? Because like, her kid would be family. That would be a family thing. It's not that. But, no. but I was like, oh, snap. Have I solved the puzzle? And it's it's not quite as intricate as that. No. But. Chapter 39. Lara Jean hosts a cocktail party at the retirement center, but it's pretty dead until Stormy's grandson shows up. And surprise! It's John Ambrose McLaren. <gasps> Who saw that coming? Me. <laughs> Stormy guilted him into showing up, and now she's pressuring him to dance with Lara Jean. As they dance, John admits that since Laura Jean showed up at Model UN and then they began writing and she never mentioned dating Peter, he had kind of wondered if maybe there was something else at play. Laura Jean admits that she has him for the game and dancing together let her tag him. John is bummed because he had a great plan for getting Peter, then agrees to help Laura Jean. He also tells her that his wish would have been for her to bake him a cake with his name written in Reese's Pieces. To recreate the cake she made him before he moved out of the neighborhood. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the very end of chapter 39. So, what would you have asked for if you won? He doesn't hesitate even one beat. Your peanut butter chocolate cake with my name written in Reese's Pieces. I stare at him at surprise. That's what he would have wished for? He could have anything and he wants my cake? Oh yeah, he does. (laughs) I just wrote, well now! (laughs) Chapter 40. Peter calls Lara Jean and asks if she has his name for the game and she lies and says no. He asks her to show up at his lacrosse game. It's actually the perfect place to tag him, so she says that she won't be there just to throw him off. He actually wants her to tag him because he's sick of not seeing his girlfriend, but she wants to win fair and square. She has John drive her to the game and where she meets John's friend Avery. While they wait for Peter, John admits that he tried to ask her to the 8th grade dance by spelling formal in flowers and sticks outside her window, but her dad saw him and thought he was going around cleaning yards and offered him 10 bucks, so John just left. (laughs) I, at that moment, I was like, that is the single most Josh thing I've ever heard in my life. I could see that happening to you. The team bus eventually arrives, but Peter isn't on it. Peter's friend Gabe heard it was a family emergency. Lara Jean and John drive to Peter's, where they see Peter holding Jen while she cries. Lara Jean they te- don't see her crying. They just see him holding Jen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I insinuated that because it says he has his, he had his arms wrapped around her. She's leaning into him like she can't stand on her own two feet. Her face is buried in his chest. I, I extrapolated from the body language but yeah. you are correct it does not explicitly does not, state that because then um he he says later that she was crying that's kind of a revelation to laura jean what she's saying is like she can hardly stand on her feet it's probably like she's so swept away with love for for peter kavinsky that she okay. can't stay upright okay. which um i think laura jean would relate to <laughs> so yeah so i'm just trying to say like no, yeah. that's where she where laura jean's coming that, from. that's an important distinction to make that i did not make so it's okay because uh, I I, I kind of took that as a comforting thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. Laura Jean texts Peter to come to her house when he's done, and then has John drop her off at home. She tries not to cry while she waits for Peter. Yeah, I, I wrote, she texts Peter to come over once he's done hanging out with Jen. He replies, okay, knowing he's fucked. I, I actually really <laughs> liked that. I liked that he... Like, okay. Yeah. 
because he's just I'm sure he's bracing himself just like nothing good's gonna happen right now. and there's there's no point in him I'm not like, gonna deny it yeah she somehow knows yeah and plus he probably he got that she got she texted him when she didn't see him going like where are you so it's like oh she went to my game oh and then she knows I'm with her this oh no yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, he's very Mike Birbiglia right now just like oh my god yeah and like Peter knows he's not trying to win this girl back yeah so it's just like all of this is adding up and looking bad, and I'm trying. No matter how much I tell you, it's not what it looks like. Right, it looks so bad. Right, and there's no way I can make this okay right. with words because he has all the information. He's like, I know the reason I'm doing this, but I said that I wouldn't say it, and so now I just I don't have a better explanation. And for everything's you. falling apart, <laughs> and I can't stop it. He's just probably he's like in this like the hull of a ship with all these holes are yeah. like, pop, and he's just like no no no. <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? This is really bad. Chapter 41. Largene and Peter sit out on the porch for a long time before talking. Finally, Largene starts. She wishes things could stay as cozy as they've been, but she doesn't deserve to be number two to Jen. Peter tries to deny it, but Largene sees the truth. Since Jen was his first, he will always pick her over Largene, which he proves every time he refuses to explain what's going on with Jen. He tells her that once he found out Jen took the hot tub video, he told her he wouldn't speak to her anymore if she hurt Largene again. Largene freezes. He knew Jen took the video? He hasn't known for that long, he says, but it doesn't matter. She then has a realization. Peter wasn't waiting for Largene in the hot tub. He was waiting for Jen. Largene tags him, confirms that he has had Jen's name this whole time, says goodbye, and she leaves him on the porch. That's where he lost me. He was so dismissive and shitty to her when every time she's like, it's Jen, of course it's Jen. And then once it was confirmed, he never was like, you were right, it was Jen. Yeah. And nothing like that. Yeah. So it felt a little gaslighty. Yeah. So that's where he lost me. So I was just like, oh, that's shitty. And then we get to like, wait, how'd she take the video? Her friends were in the lodge. What was she doing outside? And like, he was waiting for her. That's why he looked so startled when he saw me. And I was like, no. Rereading that in this summary gave me chills because that is, that's probably the most like devastating revelation because it changes the context of so much. Yep. So that's, I was just like, Peter, you lost me. I was like, I was a very huge supporter of him. Even when he was being dumb, like doing, doing dumb stuff. I was like, oh honey, you know, but then when I got to that, I was just like, like I said, like needle screech on on the record. Just like, "Eh, what? (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. And I wonder how they're going to do this for the movie, because in particular, uh, when he's sitting in the hot tub, he looks bummed out because he didn't get to spend the day with Laura Jean. He didn't get to sit with her on the bus. And then she comes over and he just kind of looks glumly at her and like he's, he keeps like sitting there and she goes like, are you going to ignore me now? And he goes, oh, you expect me to be sweet to you after you don't sit with me on the bus? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was just like, how are we how are they going to tweak that? Yeah. It gets played so much in the movie. Of, like, she is Peter's number one choice, is Laura Jean. Yeah. And Jen kind of keeps muscling her way in, and he kind of humors that. But Right. So I wonder how they're going to do this. Hmm. And how how we're going to accept John McLaren. The boy they picked for this is super cute. They, um, he's, he's not a white boy. They changed it. Okay. They did cast a white boy originally in, like, the first, so you see, like, a little boy sitting at the Model UN smiling, and then that's kind of it. And then, like, a mid credit scene is, like, Kitty opening the door, and there's a boy in a Model UN jacket holding flowers, like, Woo! and then she's like, Laura Jean! And then, like, that's the end of the scene, and then, like, continue the credits. But then they recast him, 
because I think they were taking into account like the um, I told you in the first episode that um, Jenny Han kind of got some shit for having Lara Jean fall in love with all white boys. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they they recast him in the boy's adorable. He, you know, I was just like, okay, I'm I'm good with this recasting because he's he's super. I I can see someone falling for this guy. He's yeah. great, perfect. But I was just like, but I really like Peter Kavinsky. I didn't for most of. No, not most of this book. For like till the end, when uh, we'll see. Yeah, but I mean, he lost you in forty one, and there's only like fifty six chapters. So yeah, I hurt for her so badly. Yeah, in that in that revelation, you said you got chills. So it's just like, oh yeah. Chapter forty two, Larjean's sadness over breaking up with Peter turns into missing her mom. Uh, she spends most of the weekend in bed until she finally brings herself to start planning a USO dance at the retirement home. Stormy and another resident named Alicia get into a fight over the use of internment camp photographs, and Laura Jean starts to break down. Stormy and Alicia put their fight on hold to help Laura Jean through her pain by sharing their own first love experiences. Later, Laura Jean is discussing the dance with her boss, Jeanette, who says it will have to be in the smaller sitting room because bingo night is too hard to move out of the dining hall. <laughs> Laura Jean tells her that residents from a competing retirement home will be in attendance, and the dance needs to be a hit to impress them. Jeanette gives in. Good. Laura Jean needs something to go right. Right. Laura Jean, I can't move bingo. People from all over the community come here for that, including the leasing agent's own mother. There are a lot of politics at play here. My hands are tied. I just wrote, <laughs> you come into my retirement home and move my bingo night. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 43. Chris climbs into Laura Jean's room while she's curling her hair and asks if she's over Peter yet. Thanks, Chris. The next... It's been two days. No. <laughs> the next day after chemistry, Peter asks Laura Jean for the necklace back, but she has trouble undoing the clasp and he has to take it off her. I hated that so much. Yeah, just the way he did it too. Like, hey. And she's like, hey. So I want my necklace back, obviously. I'm like, that's a gift. Yeah. You cheap bitch. <laughs> Chapter 44. Kitty confronts Laura Jean about the breakup and says she didn't deserve Peter anyways. I know, what a little crap head. <laughs> she says Lara Jean is using the Jen thing as an excuse, and this actually has to do with liking John, because of course Kitty has been reading her letters. Lara Jean can't explain it to her because she thinks Kitty is too young. Later, her dad says that if she wants to talk about Peter, he'll listen. He reminds her that there are other boys out there. Lara Jean realizes that her mom was the only woman for her dad, however. Or maybe he's been single to protect himself from feeling like Lara Jean does right now. And she's like, maybe I'm more like my dad than I thought. Chapter 45. Lara Jean gets her head back in the game and asks John to help plan Jen's assassination. Before they start planning, though, Lara Jean has a confession. She went to the Model UN meeting looking for him. Kitty interrupts, and when she leaves, Lara Jean says that Kitty has this crazy idea that there's something between Lara Jean and John. John's all like, it's not such a crazy idea. <laughs> and they talk about that night when they played Spin the Bottle. He noticed she kept her eyes on the bottle, hoping it would land on Peter, and he could tell that because he was spending the whole time watching it and hoping it would land on Laura Jean. He used to like Laura Jean. He still does, but he used to, too. Yes. <laughs> That's when it's okay to reveal that you had a crush on someone, if, the, if it's still relevant to the present. Otherwise, why bring it up? Kitty comes back and the three of them get to work on the takedown. <laughs> See, okay, I have wrote, Kitty joins them as a cock-blocking little chaperone. <laughs> And comes up with some hardcore suggestions to take down Jen, which John diligently writes down. So that's probably building up his relationship with right. Kitty. 
Yeah, it, it says... Um, She's, she was like, Kitty noticed that he was doing that, and that was good. <laughs> yeah, the exact phrasing is, Kitty's ideas are a bit too extreme, like slashing Jen's tires. tires or throwing a stink bomb into her house to smoke her out. But John writes down every one of Kitty's suggestions, which does not go unnoticed by Kitty. Very little does. Yes, she's um, very observant. I think this is such a tiny thing, but I think this might be my favorite John thing, is John's not saying anything. He's just staring at me. He sets down his glass abruptly. Then he picks it back up and puts a coaster under it. (laughs) That's the most adorably John thing. I want that in the movie. Right? (laughs) Put them down. Wait. (laughs) Chapter 46. Lara Jean is concerned that Kitty will be late for school after she misses the bus, but Kitty already has a ride figured out. Peter is waiting for her outside. He barely looks at Lara Jean as Kitty climbs in and they drive off. Later, Lara Jean is prepping Kitty's belated sleepover birthday. Kitty confirms that Peter didn't say anything about Laura Jean during the car ride. The party starts and Dr. Covey hides from the girls in his bedroom. (laughs) Laura Jean notices Kitty seems to not be having fun, and Kitty admits that she's noticing two of her friends are now closer to each other than to her. Laura Jean admits that this sort of thing happens sometimes, but it's a part of growing up and you have to take the good with the bad. Eventually, Kitty perks back up and starts bargaining to watch an R-rated horror movie. Yeah. And then at the end, Dr. (laughs) Covey texts... Can I come down now? I'm so thirsty. <laughs> yeah, it's just so pitiful. <laughs> Chapter 47. John and Laura Jean drive around following Jen for a while until Laura Jean has to go to the retirement home for the party planning meeting. It starts snowing and Stormy insists that Laura Jean and John stay the night to be safe. She has Laura Jean sleep in her room and John sleep with Mr. Morales, another resident. The two teens sneak out and play in the snow, and Laura Jean finds herself wondering how this boy she's never dated has been in two of her most romantic moments. When they head inside, they see Stormy dressed in a kimono heading into Mr. Morales' room. John admits to Laura Jean that he's still a virgin, which surprises Laura Jean because she figures all guys are horn dogs. He also tells her that his family isn't as fancy as she thought since his dad is a cheapskate. He wants to know more about her, but thanks to her letter, he knows more than almost anyone. The next morning, Stormy reveals that she planned for the kids to sneak out, and she only had them sleep in separate rooms to create a romantic roadblock. She also insists that John would make a good first husband. Yeah, I love the implication of a first. Right. So I was just like, okay, Stormy. I, I read a little bit of an interview with the girl who plays Laura Jean in the in the uh, movies, mm-hmm. and she said she'd read the second book, and I think it they hadn't made the second movie yet, or it hadn't get, gotten greenlit yet. Yeah. And she was saying it hoped it would, because she said, because there's a scene in the snow that she really, really loved. She loved that scene. It was, she said it was her favorite scene in the whole second book. Yeah. So I think that Lana Condor is also team john mclaren like i am so (laughs) i'm team john ambrose like completely but i still love peter yeah but he just disappointed me in this book i like that the uh the the invitation is do you want to build a snowman yeah they just keep doing it like Like, would peter even get that joke no he would not he'd be like no no we can have a snowball fight i guess it's from a it's from a movie it's from frozen I don't know. Have you seen Fight Club yet? (laughs) Don't talk to me until you've seen Fight Club. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Nighttime snow play is very fun and also, like, inherently romantic. And it's, like, this little, it's, like, it's just you two and, like, this, like, silent, like, Mm -hmm. kind of changed world. So there's something kind of, like, magical about Mm -hmm. it because, yeah. 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 Uh, Yeah. Magical. When I say romantic, I don't just mean, like... Kissing. yeah, Yeah. I mean, I mean romantic as an idyllic and, and yes, kind yes, of yeah yes i totally know what you mean yeah yes my uh my friend and i uh one of her favorite memories like of all time is 
it was I had three friends that all basically got snowed into my house during a big snow in high school. One of the nights she and I walked around the neighborhood and we would just find trees that had snow on them and we would shake the branches and make it like dust on us. Make it snow. <laughs> and she's like, that's like my favorite thing that's ever happened to me. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Chapter 48. Laura Jean calls Chris and asks to borrow a poster for the dance. Uh, she suggests Chris come to the dance, but Chris figures something cooler will come along since it's Friday night after all. Yeah. Laura Jean asks if she's heard anything about Jen and for once Chris doesn't have anything to say. Yeah, it's Chris knows now and it's yeah. just like... Mm. Chris also asks if there are going to be real cigars uh, that she can hand out at the party and... No, smoking's bad for like, old people. And I was like, it's, it's bad, bad for, for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 49. Kitty helps Lara Jean get her hair looking straight out of the 40s for the USO dance. It's like the big, like, donut thing, right? Oh, a victory roll is when you take... It's that bit with the hair in the front that you curl it up like this. Okay. That didn't help the listeners, but it helped me. You guys can just Google it. It's the front bit of the hair that's, like, back and rolled. Yeah. Yeah. Laura Jean dresses the part, too, and when John pulls up in his dad's Mustang, it turns out that he one-upped her by ordering a full vintage soldier uniform. Yeah, he did. Now, that's commitment. That's why I was like, that is the Laura Jean boyfriend material. He lets Kitty and Miss Rothschild pose in the car before taking Laura Jean to the dance. As the old folks shuffle in, Laura Jean has John help her finish setting up. Once the dance is properly underway, John asks Laura Jean to dance. Turns out he got swing dancing lessons from Stormy, and he's not too bad. He's still bad. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> they can get through a dance, at least. Yes, yes. Uh, Lara Jean is practically swooning by the end of the party. As she heads outside, however, things come crashing when Jen and Peter walk up. Jen was coming to pick something up from her grandma's friend, but I guess now she'll just win the game as well. John swings around in his car, and Peter accuses Lara Jean of being on a date. She denies it, then jumps into John's car before Jen can tag her. At a stoplight, John kisses Lara Jean, and she realizes just how much she's falling for him. This is the scene I want in the movie. Because I, I was, like, having so much fun watching it, uh-huh. reading it. And also, I wrote, I, um, I wrote, like, Peter is shocked that Jen lied saying she needed to get something from her grandma's friend. You know Laura Jean works there, you fucking simpleton. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence that you need to get this from where my girlfriend works. Peter. <laughs> you fucking fool. <laughs> I have two things to say about... The soldier uniform and one is the thing that you said and that's awesome that he went all out for her and that he's like committed to the role and like into it because that's awesome all like showing that you're interested in what uh your friends and significant others and family are interested in it goes so far the other thing is i have never understood the manning uniform thing and i never will and i've just accepted that as a part of myself there's just something about this uniform like the specifically this one and I was just like, oh, he even parted his hair correctly for the time period. Like, I was, and like he's like, am I wearing the hat right? She's like, yeah, you're wearing the hat right. You're fine. But I was just like, no, I like that. I like that. I'm, I'm with Mizar, who later is just all like, I know I'm an older lady, but I'm like, who's that boy? <laughs> I'm not like that about any uniform, but it's like yeah. specifically that one. I can't explain it just because it just looks so nice. Well, I don't know. Maybe, I think it depends on the guy. John Ambrose McLaren's gonna look good and everything. Because <laughs> he looks like a young John uh, Bob Redford. Go Google what Robert Redford looked like like 60 years ago. He looked fantastic. Don't look up what he looked like in The Great Gatsby, though, because he's just like sweaty in all of that and it looks yucky. And also, I hate The Great Gatsby. I don't. It's the one classic where I'm just all like, fuck this. It's like my favorite. <laughs> Sorry. 
pick a better favorite. <laughs> I didn't tell you you were wrong. Just pick a better favorite. <laughs> it's like that um, thing I saw online where someone ordered a pizza. And for the special instructions, they said uh, on the inside lid, draw your favorite character from Attack on Titan. And the person got the pizza box and they took a picture. They opened it and on the inside it said, watch better anime. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Chapter 50. Later that night, Lara Jean goes to pick up a sleeping kitty from Miss Rothschild's. She manages co- to convince Miss Rothschild, call her Trina, please. Yes. To say yes if her dad asks her out. Trina has some other points that Lara Jean needed to hear. That you know love is real if it hurts when it's gone. That she's lucky to have her sisters because her parents don't live forever. That you never get over losing a parent, but that's okay. After she gets home, Laura Jean chats with Margot, who says Laura Jean half falls in love with everyone she meets. That's part of her charm. It's part of her charm. Uh, is It's that she's in love with love. To Laura Jean, that doesn't sound too bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you're gonna get hurt more, but it also means that you can you can love a lot more. And that's a, that's a trade-off that some people are more willing to make than others, yeah. but... I'm not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, that me. That, but that's my mom, though, is that... Because she's, a like, a senior citizen caregiver. And so she... Every one of her clients becomes her best friend. And she meets them all knowing that in five years they're You're probably not going to around. Yeah. But she can't stop. It's like she would rather do that and feel the pain of losing them than never get close to them because there's yeah. so much that she... And put that weird distance. Yeah. Not weird, but, you know, put up a... Yeah, protect yourself. Well, I guess I'm kind of like like that in a way because I do just want to get along with everybody and be like friendly and stuff. And that like my way of showing affection with people is like have inside jokes with everybody. Right. So like if I'm friendly with you, then we have a joke together, or I say something to you in a particular voice. Yeah. Like that's our thing. Right. Um, I can't not do that. And then when I don't see them anymore, I'm like, oh, that's sad. It's the end of that, I guess. Right. But I still kind of. That's how I build relationships with people and yeah. stuff. Like, I have a particular way of greeting people or whatever. Chapter 51. Lara Jean bakes a cake for Kitty's school cakewalk. When she arrives, she sees Peter's mom, who doesn't much hide her lack of enthusiasm. Peter shows up as well, and he and Lara Jean get to arguing about their respective relationships with Jen and John. Lara Jean admits to kissing John, and Peter turns the tables on her by pointing out that she wants to be his number one girl, but uh, she doesn't want to choose a number one boy. His brother Owen comes up with the cake Laura Jean baked, which Peter had told him to get. He then tells Owen to switch it out, but Kitty comes to Laura Jean's side and shoots Peter down. Yes, she's on her sister's side after all. Can we do that back and forth? Because I really liked it. Yeah. Which cake is yours? Coconut one? I would never buy a grocery store cake for this. I was joking, Covey. Yours is the caramel one. I can tell by the way you frosted it so fancy. So, just so you know, I didn't go to the nursing home with Jen to help her take you out. For all I know, you already texted her and told her I'm here, so... I told you, I don't give a shit about this game. I think it's dumb. Well, I don't. I'm still planning on winning. So are you and Genevieve back together? What do you care? I need to be back with her eventually. You never answered my question about McLaren. Was that a date? What do you care? I fucking care because you were my girlfriend up until a few weeks ago. I don't even remember why we broke up. If you can't remember, then I don't know what to say to you. Just tell the truth. Don't dick me around. What's going on with you and McLaren? Nothing. We're friends. He's been helping me with the game. How convenient. First he's writing you letters, now he's driving you around town hanging out with you at a nursing home. You said you didn't care about the letters. Well, I guess I did. Then maybe you should have said so. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm here to work. Have you kissed him? Yes. Once. So you're telling me I've been living the life of a celibate person ever since we started this stupid game, 
before even, and meanwhile, you've been fooling around with McLaren? We're broken up, Peter. Meanwhile, when we were actually together, you were with Genevieve. I didn't kiss her! And everyone turns around and stares at them. You had your arms around her. You were holding her. I was comforting her. God, she was crying. I told you. Did she get it to get back at me? No. When we broke up, you said you wanted to be someone's number one girl, but look at you. You don't want to have a number one guy. You want to have your cake and eat it too. I hate that saying. What does that even mean? Of course I want to have my cake and eat it too. Otherwise, what's the point of having cake? That's not what I'm talking about. You know it. And then that can stop there. <laughs> but I just, he almost won me back when his voice broke on dick. His voice right. cracks in the word dick. Like, don't dick me around. I'm like, oh, Peter. But the hot tub. <laughs> I, just, I can't get over that. I did, but I mean, it took a while. <laughs> Chapter 52. Lara Jean leaves the school fair and spots Jen's car. She follows to Jen's dad's office, then waits while Jen goes inside. Jen's dad comes out with a girl from Margot's class and begins making out with her. Guess we finally know why Jen's been so upset lately. Jen comes out and sees Lara Jean and knows that she knows. She forces Lara Jean to win the game, then runs off. As she does, Lara Jean realizes that she has a connection her grandma calls Jung or Jung? I said Jung. Okay. It's J-U-N-G, but it's Korean, and so I don't know the, the J pronunciation. Um, I'm just going to assume Jung. Until yeah. we hear otherwise. Um, it's an eternal bond that won't break even when two people stop loving each other. It's why Lara Jean can't be truly mad at Jen for how she's been acting. And it's why Peter is still the one Jen can confide in. How can Lara Jean blame Jen for seeking out the one person she's been able to rely on? Okay, so this is where um, I have a whole thing. I wrote, um, having a teenage boy be your coping mechanism in a bizarre fucked up codependent relationship is so unhealthy. Peter needs to tell her that he's always willing to be a shoulder to cry on, but now his actual girlfriend needs him, so Jen needs to start seeing a therapist. There, that's my two cents. He has to do emotional labor for two people. Yeah. That, no one can do that. Least of all, a 17-year-old boy. That is a lot to expect of him, and no wonder that he completely dropped the balls for all of this. Right. He couldn't yeah. keep it all going. Yeah. So, you, it's not fair to put him in that position. You're correct. I think we're also analyzing this from the... Perspective of being adults? Right, yeah. Well, the um, adults in their life need to be telling him this. Instead of the mom giving fucking Lara Jean the cold shoulder at a goddamn right. event. Um, she needs to be all like, okay, this, here's yeah. what's happening. And I understand that Jen needs someone. Yeah. It doesn't need to be you. Right. So, that there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter 53. Lara Jean's birthday is coming up. Kitty convinces Dr. Covey to ask Trina out. And I know nothing about The Sound of Music. Oh, I've seen it. It's not that great. There are a lot of references to The they Sound keep, of Music I know, they keep referencing chapter. it. I was like, I don't like that movie. I don't like that movie. Chapter 54. It's Lara Jean's birthday. She gets a nice text from Josh, lipstick from Chris, and a visit from John, who skips school to meet her. His gift to her is a snow globe that evokes the memory of their adventure outside the retirement home, and it's perfect. Then Peter comes up and gives Lara Jean the locket back, saying it wouldn't look right on anyone else. She tries to make him take it back, and he very sincerely tells her that he will grant whatever her wishes. He just wants to win her back. He doesn't want her to break his heart. But she can't. She just can't. And she leaves with John. In the car. And I don't know if I want to do the synopsis for this, if I, or if I want to just... What, the conversation with McLaren? Yeah, I kind of want to just do that. Okay. Um... Am I being the boy? Am I going to talk the boy? Do you want Do you want to be John? Sure. You I'm... are the Lara Jean in this story, so, <laughs> I mean, sure, I'll talk the boy. I'm, I'm saying it the way that my friend used to. Did I even have a shot? I could fall in love with you so easily. I'm halfway there already. 
You're so perfect in my memory and you're perfect now. It's like I dreamed you into being. Of all the boys, you're the one I would pick. But? But I still love Peter. I can't help it. He got here first and he... He just won't leave. (sighs) God damn it, Kavinsky. I'm sorry. I like you too, John. I really do. I wish... I wish we could go to that 8th grade formal. I don't think it was our time then. I guess it isn't now either. But one day maybe it will be. Alright, um, I go, Peter appears and re-gifts her the necklace that wrote Cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, also when he's all like, you broke my heart, Covey. And I kind of went nuts in all caps yelling at him for it. I was like, um, hot tub, gaslighting over the video. Fuck you, Peter Kavinsky. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, he was just in this vacuum of her just breaking his heart. I'm like, sir, sir, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I like that conversation with John, though, because I've had a very similar conversation before. Oh, no. Were you the John McLaren? Yeah. Aw, John Ambrose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And if it's too personal, we don't have to get no, into it. No, I mean, I'm not going to go into specifics of the person. Like, I remember I kind of described it as, like, two gears kind of, like, turning towards each other, but they never quite line up with the teeth. And it's like, okay, you know, there, there's a point where it would work, but we just keep meeting each other when the teeth aren't aligning. And it just, okay, yeah. And so I was, I was very familiar with that conversation. That's too bad. I haven't had anyone like that. <laughs> so this chapter was confusing for me. Chapter 55. Do you want me to cover it? No, no, no. It's okay. okay. Um, you'll see why, though. Okay. Laura Jean runs into Jen in the school restroom. She apologizes for the other day, but Jen doesn't want her sympathy. She finally tells Laura Jean why they stopped being friends. Jen saw Peter and Laura Jean kiss in seventh grade, and Laura Jean never owned up to it. Laura Jean wishes she had and asks if they can ever be friends. Jen tells her to grow up, and she feels like she already has. But I swear we had this scene in the last book. We had a conversation. Because they met in the bathroom in the yeah. last book. Didn't they have this kind of the same conversation because i thought like i read this and i was like i thought i already knew this i'm trying to think because i've also seen the movie as well and there's like several different conversations that she's had with jen that yeah. i'm just trying to figure out uh what was canon well because she even says like hey we're meeting in the bathroom again oh, oh no it's at the rest stop isn't it okay here it is um when genevieve was like did you know when we were kids i used to wish i was you I used to wish your dad was my dad, Margot and Kitty are my sisters. I loved coming over to your house. I would hope and pray that you would invite me to sleep over. I hated being at home with my dad. And Laura Jean's like, I didn't know that. I used to like going to your house because your mom was so nice to me. She really liked you, Genevieve says. I screw up all my courage. I ask, so why did you stop being friends with me? Genevieve narrows her eyes at me. You really don't know? No. You kissed Peter that day at my house in seventh grade. You knew I liked him, but you kissed him anyway. I recoil and she continues, always knew your goody-goody act was fake. It's no wonder you and my cousin are BFFs now. Although at least Chris owns her sluttiness. She doesn't put on an act. Okay, yeah, so she mentions the kiss in the last book, so why is that supposed to be a big revelation in this one? Okay. Help me, Detective Mara. She's literally opening both books of, like, comparing the text right now. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate this. Yeah, well, no, you bring up an interesting point. I don't want your apology, but if you tell one single person, I swear to God, I wouldn't. I won't. I would never do that because you feel sorry for me, right? You're such a little phony. And then, um, what did I ever do to you? Why do you hate me so much? Oh my God, stop. Quit acting like you don't know. You need to know on the shit you did to me. It's like, wait, what I did to you? Oh, okay. So in the first book, 
we stopped being friends because you kissed Peter that day at my house. You knew I liked him, but you kissed him anyway. So it's like she knows the kiss happened, but in this, it's like I saw it. And she okay. doesn't realize she saw it. So that kind of changes things a little bit because, like, I watched it play out. It's not like she just, like, Peter told her later, like, yeah, I kissed Laura Jean Covey, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a little bit more visceral to actually see it. You broke, broke the most basic rule of girl code. Somehow in your mind, you've made me out to be the villain. But what you should know is I wasn't being a bitch just for the sake of being a bitch. You deserved it. So we're kind of getting a little bit more, like, we're building on. So that's the revelation is just how deep it goes. That she wasn't just like, you step off my man. It was like, you betrayed our friendship is like what we're getting here. So that's the distinction, I guess. Okay. Does that make more sense? Yeah, just adding an extra layer to it. Right, okay. yeah, yeah. And plus that she's the one who saw it. Yeah. Like, that's even worse. Yeah. And just kind of like waiting, like, okay, is she going to tell me what happened? She's not telling me, so it's like Jen's just stewing. Right, yeah, because it's not like she heard about it after, like, yeah. so she knew from the moment it happened, happened. and she kept waiting for Laura Jean to, like, Be like fess just up. so you know, this is what, this is what happened. Yeah. And Laura Jean didn't tell because she hadn't liked him at the time. And plus it was like her first kiss and like, it was kind of embarrassing. That's her first kiss and the boys not even hung up on her. Yeah. So it's like, I can see why she didn't really want to discuss it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So that's best I can do. (laughs) Chapter 56, last chapter. Laura Jean is in the treehouse on the last night before it gets demolished. She finds Jen's friendship bracelet under a floorboard and realizes this was the item she put in the time capsule, but she hid it before anyone could see. She valued Laura Jean's friendship more than she was willing to let on. Peter comes by at Laura Jean's request and she tells him that she knows about Jen's dad. Peter is relieved that he can finally talk truthfully with Laura Jean because he's been going crazy without her. Laura Jean realizes that it hasn't been him that needed to get over Jen, but Laura Jean that needed to. She spent so much time comparing Peter and Jen's relationship that she never gave theirs a chance. She admits that her wish would be to go back to how things were with Peter before, and Peter tells her he loves her. She's scared they might break each other's hearts again, but Peter says, screw it. So what? No contract, no safety net, because if you don't let yourself be vulnerable, nothing will be worth it. And then they totally do it in a treehouse. They do it. They just fucking kiss. So this is, is, I'll tell you, this is the line that um, I went back to, peter again and was just like okay i'm not gonna be mad about this anymore because it wasn't as a good point um she says so much of love is chance there's something scary and wonderful about that if kitty had never sent those letters if i hadn't gone to the hot tub that night it might have been him and jen but she did send those letters and i did go out there it could have happened lots of ways but this is the way it happened and it's like okay let's quit fucking around with might have could have right like and let's look at how it actually went down so sure he might have hooked up with jen in the in the hot tub that night and maybe laura jean would have walked in on it been like oh god then eventually she would have gotten her letter from john ambrose and yeah it all would have worked out just a different way yeah but no she showed up and he wasn't like go away i'm waiting for someone he rolled with it yeah because he's just like oh well this is something i wanted more i was just that was going to be, like, how I felt better. Yeah. As it go back to my... So, it worked out how it worked out. So, I was just like, okay, I'm not going to be upset about it anymore. And I, and I let it go. As should the rest of the fandom. Just let it go. <laughs> no, they were, I was reading an article about it. And there were all these, like, screen caps of really angry tweets. That, like, they were, like, using that Tyra Banks. I was rooting for you! We were all rooting for you! 
Um, I did read the ending lots of times because I was getting stressed out by the book. At what point reading was, this did you know the ending? Oh, I think it was around the time the, the um, video was introduced. Because okay. I was just like, this is going to be their downfall, isn't yeah. it? And then I was just like, I know they break up. So I read the breakup scene a bunch of times. And it was more of a stressful experience than the first book where, because the stakes were higher here, because there's an actual real relationship right now rather than a fake one. Yeah. I still liked it though. I still would read the third one, even though I read the last chapter of the third one while we were at school. <laughs> I don't want to know. Yeah, I, I wanted to know. I'll, and, I'll and, wait a And year. I read the Wikipedia page so I know what happens in the whole book. All right. <laughs> My face is pretty red right now, but All right. I'd still read the book because the Wikipedia entry is very skimpy, so there'd be a lot of stuff that would still be new. Yeah. So yeah, we'll wait and see if they announce a date for the third movie and maybe coincide the third book for they that. Finished, Otherwise... They finished filming the third movie. They just... They, oh, they did like back to back or something? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because they got cleared for the next two after the first one was so successful. Okay. So, so maybe... they're releasing the second one now, and I think the third one probably be next year. Okay, so maybe around this time next year we'll tackle the third one. But um, for... So this is a February bonus episode. For March we're going to be reading Heavy Vinyl, Riot on the Radio, which is a actually... um, It's a graphic novel, but it's a trade collection of four issues, which is the first time we've done something like that that was published episodically. And so we're going to be taking a look at that, and we're totally not going to start recording that as soon as we stop this recording. No, why would we do that to you? No, that'd be crazy. Crazy talk. So thanks for listening. Uh, that being said, Hello Fellow Kids is hosted by Mara and Josh and produced by Josh. Music provided by Ben Ash. You can visit him at benash.com. You can contact us at hfkpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram at hfkpodcast. We are now live on basically every podcast provider. Yeah, we're, um, wherever you find your podcasts, we're there. We can finally say that now. I got yeah. us onto Spotify and Google, so. It was real hard. Those are the big ones. <laughs> it, it wasn't. Was but, okay. so Spotify has a list of like 20 approved like source sites and SoundCloud wasn't one of them. So I had oh. to figure out a workaround for that was okay. all. Um, Because they don't advertise it. Um, But yeah, so we're available pretty much everywhere. So uh, check us out, spread the word, leave reviews. I'm not saying it has to be five stars if you don't feel that way, but reviews help make the show easier to find for other people. Yeah. Um, So that's pretty important. And we will talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. Bye.